Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey everyone and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. We're so glad that you're here with us, joining us, celebrating life in the South, celebrating Southern men, Southern women, (laughs) and Southern men and women together. Oh, yes. And of course, yeah. good Southern food. Good Southern food is oh. going to be a big part of our show today. Nick loves the food segments, as do I, right? Yes. Almost, I like uh, talking about food almost as much as eating food, honestly. Yeah, eating's definitely number one. You know? Talking about it's close number two, but right. eating's definitely number right. one. There's just something, you know, when you describe what you've eaten or what you want to eat, and there's just something that kind of, when I'm listening to people talk on the air about, about food, I just kind of, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go home and make that. <laughs> I want it just uh-huh. like that. I'm one of those people that when, when they go to a restaurant, like when I go to a restaurant, um, and if the if the waitress comes over and describes what the special of the evening is, let's say she'll say, well, tonight our chef has, you know, if you're at a nice restaurant, yeah. you say, oh, our chef has prepared three specials tonight, and she'll, you know, she'll describe them. Uh, typically, whatever she describes first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just don't fit. Just go get it. Yeah. Go get it and bring I, 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 it out I'll here. say to her, I want it just like what you just said. <laughs> bring, yes. Yes. What I like what you said. Bring that to me. <laughs> so anyway, if you like hearing about food as much as I do, then we got a treat for you today because we're celebrating summer on the Southern Sisters yes. Radio Show today. Next week is the first day of summer, mm-hmm. right? Wednesday, June 21st. Yes. Is the first day of summertime. Now, that does not mean that we don't already have some summer-like temperatures. Yeah, it's pretty hot. It's a little warm. <laughs> it's a little on the warm. As I like to call it, air conditioning season. <laughs> yes, very much so. I don't handle the heat <laughs> real well. I, did, I didn't get that Southern woman sort of uh, appreciation for the heat. You know, I don't think us Southern folk have ever really handled the heat well. We've mm-hmm. just learned how to adapt right. to it better than most. This is very true. You know, I mean, because, you know, the, from yeah. the hand fans way back in the day to window units started down here window in the units. South. I mean, come oh. on, we know what's up. I remember as a little girl, I'd stand in right in front of that window unit. Yes. You'd come in from outside, you just just stand right there. And remember, sometimes they drip water. And uh, you know what? Uh, my barn, where we do a lot of our Southern Sisters work, mm-hmm. um, is not air conditioned. Ooh. I know. Ooh. So recently, um, I acquired, uh, purchased two freestanding air conditioning units. Oh, like right? the roll around style ones? Yeah. Almost? Yeah. They have a, uh, you can get them at Home Depot, Lowe's, any of yeah. those. And it's got a, 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 a little vent that comes out the back. You have to vent it, right? So you don't. <laughs> you know, die of carbon monoxide poisoning. So you have to you have to vent it. But we installed two of these in our in our barn. And it's been relatively successful. It's nice. brought the uh, the temperature in the barn from about 120 down to about 90. Hey, you know, it's a little bit more tolerable. Jeez, it's hot. <laughs> Does it's it at hot. least get some of the humidity? That's the one thing I got to say. Yeah. The humidity here in the South yeah. is really what makes it so bad. Right. More than anything I else. I agree. Because out in, out in uh, out West, where they have less humidity, it's, mm-hmm. it's a whole different feel. It is. Right? It's, the humidity almost makes you, it, it's almost like it's pressing on you. Yes. You know, just that, that wet, damp feeling. You walk out the door and you're, boom, sweating. I have a friend, <laughs> true, I have a friend that says it's not the heat, it's the knowledge of cool. <laughs> That is the best wording I've ever right? heard. That so is so true. Because you know what? Think back 100, 200 years ago, there was no air conditioning. That's very right. Good point. And somehow people survived. It's knowing the fact that if I get in the car or I go in that yeah. store, it won't be so hot. I know. 
Makes it so bad. Yeah, well, I know, same way. Well, you know, this is summertime, just about. We're there. We're thinking about summer vacations. Um, I took a few little vacations the past three weeks. Very nice. I, I'm a big fan of the mini vacay. Like the two or three day th- yeah. thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then I can get out. I can get back. If I'm working, if I'm doing things, I can't really take a whole week off. You know, it's also less expensive. Very true. Just a quick little, you know, little dart over and mm-hmm. back maybe to the coast. Yes. It's a nice thing. Definitely. So to we took coast. a quick little like two day or to Hilton Head and a two day or two um, St. Simon's. Very nice. It was wonderful. That's great. And uh, my husband Earl, he had some meetings that he had to go to while we were there. And so I did a little bit of work at the hotel where we were staying. Oh. I, it, it doesn't feel like work when you're looking at the ocean. That's very true. <laughs> Even if you're on your laptop. Because I know people will say, oh, you need to just disengage. You shouldn't be working on vacation. I'm like, well, if I had kids with me, I wouldn't do that. But it was just me alone at the hotel, and he was in meetings. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do a little bit of work. Opened up the big sliding glass door to the to the hotel and could mm. see the ocean and the breeze was coming in. Wonderful. I ordered room service. Oh. It was like a little one-woman <laughs> party. It's not even, it's not even work <laughs> at that It didn't feel like point. work at all. It was so fabulous. But you know, guys... For a lot of us, uh, vacations can be a point of stress. Oh, uh, that's true. You know, and, and I know that when I had little children um, and I would go on vacation, it was it was really just a change of venue. <laughs> <laughs> it was still a lot of work because even when you're away, if you have a lot of kids to take care of, you got to worry about their safety. You got to worry about them drowning. You got to worry about, you know, everybody being fed. Still a yeah. lot of work when you're away. So this is probably just in the past few years that my kids have been kind of up and out of the house. I started to realize what like adult vacations are like. <laughs> These are the ones that don't involve Mickey Mouse ears. Right. Ah, wonderful. Or a trip to the water park, which I hate those things. <laughs> Me I hate those too. Things. Uh, <laughs> I hate those things. Um, you know, or things like that or kids meals. You yeah. know, let's go someplace where they have kids meals. Yes. So it's just a whole different um, grown up vacation is um, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's liberating it a is. little bit. It is. Because then you're like, ooh, no kids with me. Right. I'm actually considered an adult. Yeah. I can do whatever I want to do right I now. I know it. Let's go do it. I know it. I know. And in the past, I would never have ordered room service because it would have been for me and all the kids. And that would have been ridiculous. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, you know, someone brings you coffee to your room. It's worth it. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about the cost. Yeah, it's I can, totally worth it. I know, right? <laughs> we can do whatever we want. So anyway, grown-ups vacations are, are, are fabulous, and I love those. Um, I will say, though, one of the, the, the downsides sometimes to traveling anytime, and Nick and I have talked a little about this, is stress mm. and anxiety, even you know when you're on the road or when you're traveling. Uh, stress and anxiety are kind of an inevitable part of life. So I tried, considering I, I tend to feel stress and anxiety, I think maybe a little bit more than the average person. I don't know. Okay, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But I've been learning some little techniques for dealing with stress. Would you okay. like me to, sh- to share them with Please. you? Now, people hear the word meditation and they think that you're some sort of gur- guru. Oh. Oh. See? Om. That's exactly where Nick <laughs> went with that. But you know what? Meditation can help anybody. And it doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out process. And if you are not someone who just meditates on generic concepts, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, mm-hmm. you can meditate on scripture. Yep. Same principle. Uh, but I have found that by even taking one or two minutes just to kind of be quiet and relax and just kind of meditate on something, you know, Mm. like I tried, like I am at peace with the world. I am at peace with the world. You'd be surprised. Yes. How that kind of takes the edge off of your, um, your anxiety. It's true. Seriously, try it a few times, folks. The first once or twice, you're like, I feel ridiculous. Yeah, you're going to feel like an idiot. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute. I do just feel a little bit 
of that mm-hmm. weight, just a little bit of weight came mm-hmm. off my shoulders. Just people then. laugh at it these helps. things, but it's it's it it's does. actually true. One that's helped me a little bit um, is deep breathing. Mm. Do you know they say that the average person doesn't even take a full breath each time. In other words, we tend to be very shallow breathers. Even as I'm talking to you right now, I'm only using a small percentage of my lung capacity, right? But to actually sit down and relax and take a full deep breath, you know, you're oxygenating your blood. It has tremendous relaxation potential. It gives you almost like that tingly when you get the deep breath in and out. Yeah, feels good. You feel a little tingly there, (laughs) a little deep breath. Also being present in the moment. Now, this one I love because so many times we're not. We're going through the motions, right? We're thinking about, here's a perfect example. Have you ever been, had something heavy on your mind? You're thinking and you're driving at the same time and you get from one point to the other and you hardly remember the drive. Yes. Right. So this is another thing I've tried to start doing is being more present in the moment rather than letting my mind be preoccupied or preoccupied. Mm. Right. With my worries and concerns or what's going to be happening next or what I have have or do or don't have to look forward to being present in that moment. um, For me, it helps to just kind of noticing where I am. A lot of times it may be the music I'm playing on the radio, maybe rolling down the car windows. You notice I'm addressing uh, car stress. Yes. (laughs) We have a little, recurring theme. We have a little car stress in my family at times. <laughs> Shall we just say one of us gets a little frustrated on the road? It's not Jenny. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say that. Nick said that. Anyway, so there's there's another one. Also, I find that writing out your thoughts, that helps a lot. Yes. This is very true. Kind of release that anxiety, release those worries, release that stress a little bit. Journaling, and it doesn't have to be writing. You just jot yeah. words down. Jot it. And sometimes right. it, it helps. Nobody's grammar checking you, yeah. right? If it helps you feel better, get it out on pen Absolutely. and paper. Or in a, or on, you know, just don't send it. Don't press send if you're doing yeah, it on your phone. Don't do that. No, big mistake. <laughs> well, guys, we have a great show. We have got grilling techniques for the summer that you can't live without. A fabulous grilled summer recipe, right? And a little tips on being the perfect southern belle. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Yes, hot time in the summertime. Yes, yes, yes. Right? I am so ready. Um, I mean, we, we just talked about the heat yeah. here in the South, but it's a different kind of heat and a yeah. good kind of heat when you're over the grill kind of heat, right? <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. But, you know, still typically with me when I do grill, and I think we, we talked about this before, I'm actually in between grills at the moment. Mm. Uh, my last grill, which I loved, did not quite survive the move to my new house. Oh. So it was time. It was one of those times where let's just go ahead and get rid of it and uh, get, a, get a new one when we move yes. into the new place. Well, um, we haven't done that yet. Oh. We have a smoker. But, no, even then, I'm such a baby. I'm like, I'll stay in the air conditioning until the last minute, and then I'll dash out to the grill. <laughs> Flip things over and then dash back in. <laughs> I will say, Don't though, as a Southern sweat. gentleman, standing in front of the grill, the heat's not so bad right. if I got a cold beer. Got to have a cold beer. Got to have my cold beer. Cold cocktail, something, something <laughs> chilly. Oh, my word, when I was on vacation, I had the most fabulous blueberry martini. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Sounds good. It was actually bought for me by a friend. <laughs> Didn't even ask me what I wanted. Just bought it for us and, <laughs> and uh, bought one for Earl, too. And, of course, there was the whole discussion. Earl, you know. You feel comfortable with your masculinity enough to drink a blueberry? And he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> nothing to worry about there." Delicious. It was. It was-
it was like heaven in a glass. Huh. It was just this gorgeous. It was kind of, it was kind of, I had a little bit of iciness to it. It was like, um, not frozen, but you know, it was kind of in between. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Fabulous. I want the recipe. Mm. I want the recipe. But guys, we are talking about grilling. You know, summertime. So, of course, nothing is better at this time of year than firing up that grill and throwing whatever your choice of meat or vegetables, for Mm. that matter, onto the grill. Hey, we're even going to talk about ways in the next segment on how to even do a dessert on the grill. Really? Because, you know, once it's hot, you might as well just use it. You know, That's a good point. Use it while it's going. It's a very good point. Right? So anyway, we're going to give you some great tips. And it may have been a while since you fired up your grill. You know, it's summertime now, so it's time to do that. Mm-hmm. But we're going to give you some tips on how to um, have just a good grilling experience. Yes. As opposed to a bad one. Because, yeah. you know, with grills, things can go wrong. Very, very, very wrong. You know, eyebrows can get singed. Yes. Things can happen. Or even worse, you burn the food. That's not, no, that's not, that's not acceptable. It's, it's not. like when I talked about burning the chocolate. It's yeah, not no. acceptable. You're not allowed to do yeah, that. Failure is not an option when it comes to this. <laughs> but, you know, guys, we're going to give you some tips. I'm just going to run through them. And, and you may know some of these already or just maybe need a little refresher, a little a little primer, I guess, on, on grilling techniques. But one thing you want to remember when you're grilling out this summer is be sure, we don't want anybody getting sick, you need to be sure that you wash everything after handling raw meat, right? And don't reuse the plate that you used for your uncooked no. meat. I watched my dad do that one time <clears throat> back when I was y- much younger and uh, and he d- and I just reprimanded him. <laughs> I had my hands on my hips and he said, well, aren't you just all that telling me how to grill? Because, you know, a lot of people necessarily from his generation didn't always think about that sort of thing. Very true. You know what I'm saying? But you do want to be real careful that you're not reusing any platters. Whatever platter you use to take that raw meat out to the grill on, you want to make sure that's not the one that you bring it back on. Or do what I do. I'll, I'll use my platter and I'll lay a sheet of parchment paper or a sheet of aluminum foil. The raw meat goes on that, yep. right on the platter, and then I just throw that, th- that piece of uh, aluminum foil away when I bring it back in. Also, it's not a bad idea to have a spray bottle full of water nearby your grill in case you've got some flare-ups. Yeah, I've learned that one the hard way. Did you really? <laughs> you cinch that handsome beard of yours uh, yeah, on bit. the end? Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, another good trick is just typically if you have the vents closed, if you shut the, the top on the grill... Um, you know, yes. prohibiting the oxygen yes. that will cause the cause the flame to go out. Also, how about are you going to be using charcoal briquettes on your grills for for the heat? Right. If so, this is a charcoal grill. You're going to light your coals about 30 minutes prior to cooking. Right. And if you're using lighter fluid, make sure the fire is completely out before slapping the meat on the grill. Mm. You don't want to infuse your beautiful steak with some, you know, yeah. gasoline. Yuck. No, no fuel of some sort. Sometimes you can taste it. I have the seen people somebody who don't really know what they're doing. I have I have before yes. been out picnicking and I'm like, hey man, this hamburger's pretty good if it didn't taste like gas. <laughs> Isn't that sad? I, I watched somebody actually squirt some gas onto the fu- while the food was on the grill. Ooh. Well, I mean underneath the grate, but Ooh, still no, it's no. not splattered up on it. It's yeah. not good for you. Mm-hmm. No. So remember that. Just give it time to uh, you know, make make sure that, that that fuel has died down. If you're using it as a Kickstarter for your flames or for your, your charcoal briquettes, that's fine. Uh, but it doesn't need to be anywhere near in contact yeah, with let your it food. Burn off. All right. How about a smoker? Are you using a smoker? I do love I do love mine. Light the charcoal with a chimney starter. Have you seen those things? Oh yeah. They're fabulous. Yeah, you, know, you got the little round cylinder yeah. thing. You you put your coals in there, and that way you won't have to fret about getting nasty lighter fluid fumes in your smoker. It kind of keeps huh. everything contained. 
I never thought about Indeed. that. Indeed. That's a good now, idea. Now, if you are a charcoal fan, and there are some out there, and I know you and I, Nick, both love the convenience of a, of a gas grill, mm-hmm. um, but there are folks out there that are diehard charcoal fans. You know what you might want to do is first line the bottom of your cooker with a couple of sheets of aluminum foil before you put your uh, briquettes in. Mm. This will give you a quicker and easier cleanup, right? Because, you know, those gray coals eventually are going to turn to just complete uh-huh. ash, right? Um, and so that's a really easy way to kind of clean it up and toss it out once you're done. Got and then it? if you're not careful, too, that also helps, I'm sure, with this, the general general longevity of your grill. This is true. Something with those charcoals in the bottom of it will eventually tear up the bottom of that grill. It rusts through. you got to get I've rid of it. I've had that happen. Yeah. So I've had that, that happen. Put that aluminum foil down there make your grill last yeah. longer. That's a cheap, cheap that. way to just kind of line it up there Absolutely. and, and ease, ease your cleanup, most definitely. Now, if you're using a smoker, you may want to minimize the amount of times that you open it. That is hard to do. Earl was actually um, smoking some ribs for us a couple of weeks ago, and I was out in the backyard. Ah. I wanted to go over there so badly and open that up. And I did open up and just kind of peek at him, you know, under the guys that I'm just, oh, I'm checking on it. You know, I'm checking right. on it. It's really not the best thing to do. No. You know, you want to kind of keep that heat in there. The fewer times that you open to check on it, the better. Mm-hmm. You got it? Um, how about chicken? Now, if you're cooking chicken and you intend to eat the skin, rub the outside with a little butter or oil and then lightly season it. It'll give the chicken sort of a nice, crisp, savory skin, right? I, I used to... Pull the skin off, and I've kind of gotten over that hmm. as I've gotten older. So much of the flavor, oh yeah, absolutely, you know, is in. So I just kind of allow that certain amount of fat mm-hmm. in my diet now absolutely. because I just to me there's it's just okay. nothing better than than the chicken with the skin on it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you want to make sure that you rub it with a little bit of oil. It'll, it'll prevent the burning, the char, quite as excess well, jarring that's really and sticky. Good to know. I you didn't know what know I'm that. saying? Oh. Indeed, yeah, rub it with a little oil. Now, although the thick bands of fat. May be undesirable. Try to prick a steak with thin specks and strands of fat in between the muscle tissue. At cooking time, these small bits of fat will melt in a process called marbling and make the juice easier. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So I'm not talking about necessarily the thick fat that's around the outside of the steak. I'm talking about pricking those thin specks, the ones that you see inside. Mm-hmm. If you pierce them just slightly, then that will kind of open up that fat and allow those juices to kind of permeate. That's just a, a, a good little griller's Ooh. technique. A lot of people don't know that. That's It's mm, good. Marvelous. Now, leaner cuts of meat, we know, um, a little bit less flavorful yeah. and a little tougher if they're yeah. cooked past medium. Mm-hmm. So if you're going, if you're watching the waistline and you're going for a leaner cut of beef, um, just make sure you really don't want to cook it past medium. No, you don't want to cook it too much. No, it's going to taste like a hockey puck. <laughs> You'll have the consistency of a hockey puck. Correct. You don't want that. Now, listen, don't leave the meat out at room temperature for longer than one hour. Now, it is important, I believe, and this is not just true with grilling. I do this with all, all meats that I'm cooking and preparing. Um, it's best to take your meat out of the refrigerator uh, maybe 30 minutes to an hour before you cook it. Allow that meat to, to warm up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Come closer to room temperature, okay? Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cook more accurately there. Whereas if it's cold, cold meat, you're more likely to burn and sear the outside, and it's going to take the inside a lot longer yep. to cook. Do you see what I'm saying? But I wouldn't go for more than an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, bacteria will start to grow, right? And so we don't want anybody getting no, sick at the holiday no. cookout. You got it? Please don't. <laughs> now, it may be tempting uh, to pierce your meat with fork or prongs, like when you're taking it off and on. I have learned not to do this. You let I, all the juices out. I know. And you see them <laughs> run right out onto the... If you're, if you're doing it on the grill, you're going to see those juices just run right down into the flames. And then... And then and you get flames a flare up, up. And then you burn it. And Very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Excitement around the grill. But no, use a spatula or tongs. I typically use tongs yep. just to move, move the things around. Okay? And that's a really great uh, idea to do that... Um, 
for, for a number of reasons. Number one, it's, the meat's going to get tougher as the juices run out and you're going to have the flare-ups. How about this? Have you thought about um, doing, uh, do you do vegetables? Do you ever do vegetables oh, yeah. on the grill? I, I usually do them like on a kebab skewer all Good the time. for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Delicious. It's absolutely. Quick and easy way to grill large vegetables such as potatoes and ears of corn is to um, is to sprinkle them with some butter, maybe some seasoning salt, wrap them you know securely in aluminum foil, and mm-hmm. toss them right on the grill. Mm-hmm. Now the the pole baked potatoes are going to take longer. Yeah. Have you ever seen a grill pan? It, it, it's 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 like perforated. It's got little holes in it. Huh. It looks like a pan. It's got sides on it. And the nice thing is is that you can throw all your vegetables in that grill pan, set it right onto the grill, right? Cook it in that. That way, it's all contained. And then just remove the grill pan when you're done cooking huh. them. I did not know. You, you can get them at Walmart. I've seen them there. Something else to buy to add to the collection. Well, you're going to be a master. Now with your new house, you're going to be a master, master griller. Now, to re- you want to also, to reduce the amount of browning or blackening of the meat, only apply the barbecue sauce or any other tomato-based sauces that contain sugars during about the last 10 minutes. Mm. Here's the thing. A lot of those marinades, well, not the marinades, but a lot of the sauces that you baste your meat with, um, have some sugar in them. Oh, yes. The sugar tends to caramelize, and if you take it a step further, it will burn. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that's why it's better not to brush raw meat with your sauce and then put it on. Let the meat cook, then put the sauce on in the last maybe seven to ten minutes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Then it doesn't burn. You'll have a nice balance then. Oh, yes. Mm-mm. Now, listen, lots of people like steaks rare, okay? And I have to admit, I like nothing better than like a medium rare burger. But you do want to be a little bit more careful with your ground beef than you are with your steaks. Okay? If you have a meat thermometer, which I think is a great thing to have because then you don't have to stab the meat to check its doneness, right? Uh, You want to try to get the inside of that burger to no less than 160 degrees. Okay? That keeps it nice and safe for everybody. Just have to be careful with this. And also, don't rely solely on barbecue sauce to flavor your meat. You might try experimenting with different marinades, seasonings, and rubs. You know, a lot of, a lot of folks just get stuck on, um, a lot of barbecue. folks get stuck on, yeah, just on the barbecue Italian. sauce. Italian. I love Italian dressing. Ita- oh, like Italian. Oh, so good. Yeah. You Drop might, it on the barbecue. Mm-hmm. My mother used to use wishbone Italian dressing all the time. Really? It's super easy to make. Yeah. Good, good quality oil, good quality vinegar. It's yummy. And you're good to go. Guys, I don't know about you, but I am ready to fire up the grill, and we are going to come back in the next segment. I've got a fabulous grilled summer menu for you. It's going to mm-hmm. make your mouth water. We'll be right back. The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. I love Frank Sinatra. I love this song. I mean, this is a song my parents would have listened to. I just think it gets better with time. It's still amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's wonderful. You know, sometimes I feel like in a world just full of chaos and anger and hate, then there's Frank. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he so does true. wonders for my road rage. I'm telling you. 
What happened in the car? <laughs> no, he's just a, turn on some Frank Sinatra, and now you're not yeah, so mad. Yeah, that's one of those anxiety techniques. I should have added Frank, <laughs> listening to Frank to the list. Well, guys, we are on the grill because it's summertime, or just about, right? Summertime? Yeah, it's right here. Summertime starts next week, and so we want you to be ready for your outdoor uh, grilling and uh, with some fun recipes. You may have some that are your favorites that you've been making for years. I do. I have a lot of good old standbys. Mm. I make them every year. But it's always good to maybe, uh, you know, shake up your repertoire. Yes. Your grilling repertoire just a little bit with some uh, maybe new dishes. And I have got one for you that you're going to love. I've got a whole recipe uh, menu here for you. Um, Three that I selected that I have made before, but they're still relatively, relatively new. Uh, to me, even. Um, I've only made them a few times, but they got rave reviews. So I'm telling you, we're going to, um, the first dish, okay, for our grilling summer menu is grilled spare ribs, get this, with cherry cola glaze. Oh, yeah. It's good. It is. And one of the nice things about this is when it's really hot outside, you know what I'm saying? And you don't want to have to necessarily be outside for an hour tending and turning and tending and turning. True. Um, the, the the ribs. The nice thing about this is you start it in the oven and you finish it on the grill. Okay. You see I what like I'm that. saying? <laughs> it keeps it nice and juicy because they because they roast in the oven and then you sear the outside, kind of give it that nice finish on the outside on the grill. Uh, and it's just as easy as can be. And it's a great it's a great party menu, mm. right? So you can get as many racks as you want. You can this uh, dish, this one that I'm going to talk to you guys today about is about seven pounds of Whoa. trimmed pork uh, spare ribs. Wow. That'll feed a, that would feed maybe me and one other person. <laughs> no. I was about to say, <laughs> wow, how yeah. many ribs well, are you a lot of it's, in A on? lot of it's bone. you got to account for the weight of the bone. Uh, I rash. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I, I can eat some ribs. I really can. But listen to this, guys. I'm going to put the recipe on the website for grilled spare ribs with cherry cola mm. glaze. So you can go on there and get the exact directions. I'm going to I'm going to share it with you now because it's just so fun to talk about. What you're going to do is you're going to need four 12 ounce cans of cherry cola. OK. You know, you know what we're talking about. Cherry cup, whatever. Um, I say, just folks, don't go cheap. <laughs> Get the cherry Coke. Get the real stuff. Get the real stuff. This is not time to be cheap. No. No, this is good. And you know what? You can do it as is, or you can pour it into a little bowl and let it go flat. It does not have to be, like, you could you could put it into the bowl, and it does not have to be all fizzy okay, when okay. you use it. So if you think about it and want to pour it out a little bit, it actually, you actually get a slightly better result if it's not fizzy anymore. Okay. It just kind of goes flat. All right. All right. So you're going to place your cola, uh, your flattened colon, four cans, right? Uh, in a large saucepan, and you're going to boil the cola over medium-high heat until it's reduced to about a cup and a half. That's going to take about 45 minutes. So just let it a a low boil. Just let it simmer away until it reduces down. Then to the pan, you're going to add two cups of cherry jam. Now, i got to tell you, cherry jam is one of my I've always got it, believe it or not. It's one of my favorites. Uh, But two cups of cherry jam, two-thirds cup of Dijon mustard, one tablespoon of prepared horseradish. Hello. There's your kick, yeah. which I love. Three tablespoons of soy sauce, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, and two teaspoons of Tabasco sauce. Ooh. Or your hot sauce of your choice. Yes. Some folks are a, you know, Texas Pete 
Depends on what you or like. Or some folks are wimpy like me and would only use one. You would. You, you know what? You don't have to use any at all if you don't want okay. to. You can leave it. You can leave it off for your delicate, delicate stomach. No. Uh, but actually, two teaspoons in this large quantity really doesn't make it yeah, all that hot. True. This is more sweet than hot, really. Um, so you're going to add the additional ingredients, right, and stir well. Reduce your heat to medium and simmer it until you it's reduced to about two and a half cups. You're going to just keep stirring it. You don't have to stand there the whole time, but kind of stir it occasionally whole process will take about 35 minutes then you're going to reduce it uh, i'm sorry then remove it from the heat mm-hmm. and set it aside now let's prep your ribs so you've got seven pounds of pork spare ribs all right so what you're going to do is you want to place your two oven racks on the top third and the bottom third in your oven and preheat that to 325 degrees you're going to season the ribs just with salt good old salt and pepper wrap each rack tightly in foil Okay. Divide the ribs between two baking sheets and place one on one rack and one on the other rack in the oven for two hours. Okay. Hmm. So you're roasting them for two hours. Mm -hmm. Let the ribs cool slightly. Now we're going to head to the grill. All right. So you're going to head out there and you're going to heat your grill to medium heat. You're then going to take those ribs and cut the racks of ribs into individual slices. Take mm. a good sharp knife. You know what I use for this a lot mm. of times? I use my poultry shears. Uh, my yes. poultry scissors because it just cuts right through them. Whatever you have, knife or otherwise, cut those up into individual spare ribs. Got it. And then you're going to um, coat them with the glaze. So what I when I made this, what I did was I took all the ribs and put them in a great big bowl and just poured that glaze over them and mm. gently kind of tossed the ribs so you got some of that yummy cherry cola glaze on all sides, Ooh. right? Then you're, what you're going to do is you're going to transfer them to... The, the grill, right? You're going to grill them. You can keep a little extra glaze. I would keep a little bit set aside so that you can baste them a little bit. Mm. You're going to cook them for about two to three minutes per side, not long. Oh, that's it? That's it. Wow. You're only, you're, you're just putting that nice char on the outside, oh. right? Then they stay nice and juicy. You you have a lot less risk of them drying out when you do it this way. Good point. Mm-hmm. I would serve it with the extra glaze also. Oh. Grilled spare ribs Man. with cherry cola that glaze. That sounds good it, and so easy. Ribs are so, like, daunting no, no. to try and cook right that makes it no, sound people, like it's easy people always think that you know i hear that i get a lot of feedback on my my um standing rib roast recipe because mm-hmm. people think a standing rib roast whoa you know prime rib that is yeah, so difficult is hard it's and... the easiest thing in the world <laughs> it, it is it, and, and it just gets a reputation you know why some snobby chef somewhere made it seem like he had a bunch of attitude about a standing rib roast <laughs> you know so now everybody's afraid of them you don't need to be they're very Come talk good. to me <laughs> keep it simple now how about a yummy side to go with our spare ribs yes. okay this is to die for it's grilled corn with bacon butter and cotija cheese you had me at bacon oh my word this is <laughs> <laughs> I need a shirt that says that. Would, okay, would that not be hilarious? That's very true. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. We are always looking for new sayings for our flower sack towel collection. Okay. Yeah, we have we have a whole line of. Uh, you had me at bacon. <laughs> All right, that is that is great. There you go. Yeah, the picture of something, a picture of a pig on the front or something. There you, go. you know. <laughs> okay, guys, back to our grilled corn. Now this is a little bit of a take on. You may remember in the past we talked about Mexican street corn, right? Okay, it's a little bit like that. Listen to what you want to do. You want to preheat your grill to the highest setting. You're going to shuck six ears of corn and brush each one with some olive oil and sprinkle it with pepper. You're going to grill your corn for about five minutes on each side. It's round, so that's really up to you. Turn it in (laughs) thirds, I guess. You're rotating the corn three or four times during the grilling, okay? Um, 
So maybe all told about 10 to 10 to 12 minutes, let's okay. say, of, of grilling. Then you're going to pull the, pull it off the grill. All right. What you're going to do, actually, while the, while the corn was grilling, you want to combine some softened butter, about three tablespoons of softened butter with about two slices of crisp fried crumbled bacon. Ooh. Okay. Then you're going to crumble the cotija cheese on a large plate. Cotija cheese is a Mexican cheese. It's a white, hard cow's milk cheese. Um, it can easily be crumbled. If you don't have cotija, you can find it in the grocery stores. It's mm-hmm. not hard to find. Um, but you can also use feta. All right. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your corn and you're going to brush it with that amazing uh, buttery bacon butter. Mm-hmm. Slather that all over and then roll your corn in the cotija cheese so that those little crumbled cheese sticks to the outside of the corn. You got it? I like to then sprinkle a little fresh cilantro over it to garnish it. That sounds delicious. The photo, I took a photo of this. It is amazing. It will be on the website, guys, southernsistershome.com. Click on the blog, and you'll see all of these recipes mm. and the photos. It is to die for. Yummy. It's like you don't. You almost don't need anything else. There's so much going on there. You know, there like, you know what? With a meal this good, I say, why not keep using the grill? Let's, yeah. let's say it's still hot. Let's keep it rolling. Okay. Here's what I would do if I was you. <laughs> if you come to my house for a grilled dinner, this is more than likely what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to take two ripe peaches, right? And I'm going to peel them. Now, you don't have to peel them. I'd like them peeled. I'd peel two ripe peaches and cut them in half lengthwise and remove the pit, right? Then I would just kind of set the peaches aside. What I would then do is I would combine two tablespoons of soft butter, a fourth of a cup of brown sugar, a fourth of a cup of, wait for it, bourbon, yep, and a half a teaspoon of cinnamon on the stovetop over medium heat. I'm going to heat and stir it until the sugar is completely dissolved and the sauce is hot and bubbly, okay? I'm just going to set that aside. I am going to take my peaches, drop them onto a hot oiled grill for approximately three to four minutes, okay? I'm going to remove them from the grill. They're going to have those beautiful grill marks across the top, right? I'm going to arrange them in a dish, and I am going to pour that warm bourbon butter sauce right over the top of those grilled peaches. This is so easy and will just totally impress your guests. Now, you want to be really wild? You know how I like to get wild, right? I would top it with a little whipped cream or maybe a little bit of vanilla ice cream. That sounds delicious. Oh, summertime. And dessert on the grill. Hello, right? Great. Dessert on the grill. We cooked, we did everything on the grill. Wonderful. Except for finishing, doing, starting out the ribs in the oh, oven, that's right? Okay. That's anyway, okay. guys, it's summertime, and this is a great grilled menu for you for this weekend. Remember, go to southernsistershome.com to get the recipes and see the photos. We'll be right back. One day it called to you. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Now, with your Southern narrative, sharing stories from around the South, here is your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Manners for the modern Southern Belle, because there's more to living in the South than learning how and when to say y'all. Do you say ma'am and sir without having to think about it? Do you drink your sweet tea from mason jars? Do you know when to use the term, bless your heart? Do you appreciate the value of a sorority sister who will stand by your side through thick or thin? If you say yes to any of these questions, you might be a Southern Belle at heart, even if you don't live in the South. Historically, Southern Bells have lived by an etiquette code with rules passed down from their mamas and grandmas. Some are standard things like, Always call a woman ma'am and a gentleman sir. 
Others are regional or specific to certain families. The main ingredient in the unwritten Southern Belle etiquette rule book is to always show your softer side and never, or never, let on how strong you really are. Although steeped in tradition, the modern Belle is aware of pop culture and embraces certain aspects that don't interfere with her Southern sensibilities. Being a well-mannered Southern Belle has nothing to do with how much money your daddy has or how educated you are. In fact, showing off money or lording your intelligence over someone who is less enlightened is considered downright tacky, which is Southern speak for vulgar. A modern Southern Belle is just as likely to join the military as she is to be a member of the Junior League. A Southern Belle may have traveled around the world, but she never loses touch with her roots because her Southern manners run deep. Whether she is immersed in a career of her own or a stay-at-home mama, she still considers a good place setting extremely important. A Southern Belle loves fine china, and if it's been handed down through the generations, that's even better. Most young women in the South know early on what their silver pattern is, long before they have any inkling of who they would even marry. If a Belle chooses not to marry, and it's always a Southern Belle's choice. She serves meals with pride and finds a way to discuss the lineage of the place settings with her guests without appearing to brag. Southern Belles have table manners. They know how to set a dining table for a formal meal and they know which utensils should be used for each course. When someone makes a mistake or spills something, they know how to cover for the person to prevent further embarrassment. When a Southern Belle is invited to a party, wedding, or other event, she graciously sends back the RSVP. A Southern Belle arrives bearing gifts for the hostess, sometimes to the point of embarrassing the poor woman because there's no such thing as too much or too extravagant in her world. She would never crash a party, but if an uninvi uninvited guest shows up for her gathering, she will do whatever it takes to make the person feel welcome. As soon as she gets home from a party or overnight stay, a proper Southern Belle will write a thank you note and get it in the mail right away. If she's super organized, she may even have a pen and paper in the car and mail it on the way home from her host's event. To not send a thank you note is rude and a Southern Belle will do anything to prevent being called rude. A modern Southern Belle knows her way around the kitchen as well as her ancestors did. If she can cook, she does so with flourish. If not, she knows how to arrange prepared food on exquisite china platters and make it appear that she lovingly created each item from scratch. And a Southern Belle knows how to make sweet tea, the official drink of the South. Southern Belle is always well-groomed, but she never clips her nails or plucks stray hairs in public. She may be wearing jeans, but she doesn't forget to shave her legs. You just never know when you'll have to show some leg. Her teeth are always sparkling clean so she can flash that sweet Southern smile. Everything about how the Southern Belle looks is intentional, including her windswept hairdo that may have taken hours to achieve. She's a woman who carries herself with pride, You'll see her holding her head up high as she sits up straight. When she walks, she has an elegant strut that has most likely been practiced for hours in front of a mirror. There are 
Southern Belle rule books, but girls who grow up in the South don't have to read them. They know what's expected of them from the moment they start talking. When they reach a certain age, they are presented at a cotillion, coming out ball, or backyard bar barbecue to let the world know that their family considers them ready to face the world. A Southern Belle lives by certain rules that must not be broken or she'll forever be the embarrassment of her family. For example, white shoes should never be worn before Easter or after Labor Day unless it's to your own wedding. Then it's okay. But when you change out of your bridal gown, you'll need to change your shoes or you'll be seen as tacky. However, it's okay to wear winter white between Labor Day and Easter, which of course is an entirely different thing. Regardless of how many trips she's made to the altar, a Southern Belle wears white. Cleavage is reserved for evenings. Before the sun goes down, well, she covers her chest. Chewing gum in public is, well, it's just a little tacky. Modern Southern Belles may drink, but they should never walk around with a drink dangling from their hands. Either have someone bring it to you or have it arrive at your seat. Never swear in public. If something really rattles you, choose a euphemism such as darn, shoot, or I swanny. Love your family, even the eccentric folks, especially the eccentric folks. They give you something to look forward to at family reunions and something to talk about later. The woman who gave you birth is always called mama, unless she prefers the more formal mother. And the first man in your life will forever be referred to as daddy. Southern Bells who attend college know what sorority rush week is, and they have a special place in their mama, grandma, or aunt's sorority house. Being a legacy provides a safety net, ensuring a bid at the end of the week, unless she's gone off the deep end and winds up being too much for the sisters to fix. Know how to accessorize without being tacky. If in doubt, remove one item before leaving the house. In the South, this is called understated elegance. And never gossip. When you have something to say that isn't so nice, preface it with, bless her heart, or please pray for her, and you can pretty much get away with anything. If you don't know someone's name, you may use terms of endearment such as sweetie, honey, sugar, or darling. And when someone is sick or passes away, bring food to the family. People get hungry when taking care of an invalid or after losing a loved one, but they don't have time to cook. Most Southern Bells have a favorite casserole that others eventually come to expect. When they don't receive it, they get concerned that you may be sick and you just might find people showing up at your front door with food. A Southern Belle breaks the rules often and she does so in good humor. However, as she skips along with an armful of stacked bracelets and white shoes the week before Thanksgiving, you can count on her glancing over her shoulder just to make sure her mama isn't looking. Okay, welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. You know, there are parts of me that I definitely can relate to the Southern Belle mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. I can. And some of it I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know. I do walk around with a drink in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, I mean, you know, wrong with it. these are honestly, and it's, it's a little bit told in jest, but, you know, these are, these are old ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think it's possible in this day and age definitely to glean wisdom from the old ways that things were mm -hmm. done and hang on to some of those things. There are a few of them that I think can, over time, 
you know, yes. we can let go of. Yes. Now, I do I do think there are certain just aspects of basic hospitality that's important to hang on to. I would love to hear our listeners' thoughts on some of these. Um, if you would like to send us an email and share with us what you think about the concept of the Southern Bell. Mm-hmm. What are the traditions that you keep that you think are important that you hang on to? And which ones have you kind of let go of, so yes. to speak? You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I got a... Um, you know, I was very compelled. I was given a gift over the weekend when we were at an event. And, you know, in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I want to write that thank you note. I need to write that mm-hmm. thank you note. And that's something that a lot of folks get away from. Yeah. You know, or they'll send a thank you text. Yeah. Or a thank you Facebook message. I thank you. I thank you. Fa- <laughs> I suppose that's better than nothing. You know it what is. I'm saying? But but you're right. There's something special about getting that letter in the mail. There is something. And, you know, with that brides, I've had two daughters get married in the past year and a half. And both of them, you know, they had to write their thank you notes. And there's a there's a grace period on that. I think you have six months. Is, are the, really? Are the, yeah, the marriage guidelines. Or whoever, oh, really? <laughs> whoever, writes the, whoever writes these etiquette rules, it says you have six months to send out your thank you notes. I think that's fair. Well, if you've ever received a thank, you know, a handwritten thank you note, it's a, it's a lovely thing. It is. It, it really, really it makes is. You, makes you stop and think, mm-hmm. um, you know, something very, very special like that. My husband was given a book over the weekend where the, the author had, uh, it was a friend of his who'd written a book, and he, the author wrote a beautiful little personalized note mm-hmm. in the front of the book for him. And just those things that when people take the time to do something like that, yeah. you know, in our rushed and hurried stress-filled world yeah. you know there's there's not a lot of old-fashioned civility anymore it's very true and so i think guys if you can hang on to a little bit of that and just kind of uh express yourself in the uh <laughs> the southern bell way and you don't have to be from the south to do these things no you don't you know you really don't, no, you don't. well you know what guys i had some requests this week for a recap of my um my five mother sauces of southern barbecue mm-hmm. we did an episode about that last year and it had a huge uh, response. These are the, the sauces from Alabama to to the to to South Carolina and up across um, North Carolina. The five mother sauces. So I'm going to repost that on the blog this week cool. for those of you that would like to to download it and get the recipes. They're fabulous. And with grilling season, now's the time to start using these sauces. Yes. You know. Yes, we are is. so happy that you tuned in to join us this week. Thank you so much for being a part of the Southern Sisters Radio Show. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, shoot us an email. Tell us what you like about the show and what you'd like us to cover. Radio at southernsistershome.com. Have a great week.